0: Hello and welcome to Eating Between the Lines. I am your host, Therese Martinez, and I am so happy to have you here. If you want to untangle yourself from diet culture conditioning and get appropriate actionable options to nourish your unique life and body, I'm going to dive deep into the nuanced spectrum of health to help you figure out what to prioritize in your journey without getting trapped in the extreme ideology of health optimization, or total complacency. I am here to help you apply the science effectively, not rigidly, and get you feeling better in your body and mind. Here is how to eat between the lines. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone. I am uh, very excited to be back here. I have taken a little hiatus from podcasting things over July went on some adventures and just kind of wanted to take a step back and figure out where I wanted to go with the podcast and yeah just dialing in some guests coming up in the next few months I'm very excited about and just kind of recharging getting excited to deliver the messages that I want to uh, get out to y'all to really Help you get digestible information that feels like it is doable and feasible and understandable for you to apply to your nutrition and health goals in a non restrictive fashion. I feel like I've just been getting a little bit more and more passionate and jazzed up over this summer and feeling excited to help create more clarity for you and see what that really means in terms of combating the, the never ending messaging that comes to us in social media and otherwise of the shoulds and shouldn'ts that we need to do for our health. And additionally, what that really means and looks like for each individual. And so today I am very excited. I talk about this topic with basically every person that comes in to see me. It is extremely important to understand if you are someone that struggles with trusting your hunger cues with um, struggling with confusion around why you have cravings at certain times, why you aren't getting the results that you want, whatever that means, whether it's building a better relationship with food, whether it's feeling better in your body, and you're just not attaining that this episode is for you. We are talking about trends and patterns of intake understanding your patterns of intake is extremely beneficial when we are looking at your overall results. Um, and again, I say results like, I think that's usually correlated with like, I don't know, body transformations and weight loss. And I'm speaking to results more in the light of regularity of body trust and feeling more, confident with your food and lifestyle choices and feeling better in your body, those kinds of results, not correlated with weight loss necessarily. I think a lot of people have different intentions around results, but I am coming from the angle that results are a lot more of just honestly taking the thinking out of the equation when we are figuring out what to consume right? So trends and patterns are really, really helpful to identify because so often we are setting ourselves up to have energy crashes, to have certain cravings, to have really sporadic intake that actually over time do not serve us in a sustainable fashion. And so we're getting these unfavorable results being and not knowing why. So if we can actually shed light on what we are doing, it can be so, so helpful. So what do I mean by trends and patterns of intake? Well, um, I wanna run through a good handful of examples with you guys today and also break down, you know, what to do with this information. So when I say evaluation of of, um, trends, I look at intake every single day. And what I am doing with anyone's intake is the first thing I'm looking at are these patterns. So I consider it two main pillars when I'm looking at at intake. One is looking at overall patterns, kind of like a bird's eye view. This gives me an idea of the amount of food usually eaten in a day? And then in multiple days, you know, is it insufficient? Does it seem to be in surplus? Um, what does that even mean to the individual? And, um, and then additionally, like, is the person front-loading their food, back-loading their food? What's the, what are the types of foods that they are consuming? Certain patterns like that in that bird's eye view. And then the other pillar is around actually the dissection of the components of the meal. So we're looking at macronutrient content, micronutrient content, and volume of food. Volume of food kind of goes in a hybrid fashion with uh, the dissection of the meal and then also that bird's eye view I was kind of talking about before with the patterns. But all of these things extremely, extremely beneficial when we are looking at uh, the evaluation of intake. So if I... I'm kind of looking at these patterns. Some of the examples may revolve around time you eat your food. So I'm looking at: Is this person eating three meals a day? You know, is it consistent? And what do? Or is it kind of sporadic intake? And what? For example, I see this all the time. Someone will consume a protein bar for breakfast. And then they'll have maybe a salad for lunch. And then I don't know, maybe a snack in between lunch and dinner, but then dinner might be comprised of a, a carb, a, like a starchy carb, a non-starchy veggie and a protein. And then after dinner, they'll be hungry. They'll be really hungry and they will not know why. So they will either white knuckle their way through that hunger. And then we'll see patterns overall day after day of insufficient intake overall. If they consume food, you know, maybe they're getting these carb, carb cravings, these sugar cravings, and turns out carbohydrates are a wonderful fuel source. So if your body feels like it needs more energy you will end up wanting often more carbohydrates. And so either people will reach for those and then we'll kind of get into this cycle of frustration and guilt when they uh, consume carbs or sugars because they feel like they shouldn't. And then that becomes problematic psychologically speaking. But if we back the track up, if we kind of see why might this be happening in the first place, then it can honestly go back to the intake at maybe breakfast where volume of food was too low. Potentially even at lunch where volume of food was too low. Their body is playing catch up at the end of the night. Then this can also kind of trickle into the rest of the week. And we can see this a lot with folks that tend to be really rigid throughout the week and feel like they, you know, are following their, their intake guidelines or their food shoulds and rules or whatever it is. And then by the weekend, they feel like they have permission to eat whatever they want. And honestly, I never Get caught up in people consuming a bunch of food on the weekends either. I just like to look at these patterns, right? Why might this be happening? And so we can eliminate variables when we work on appropriate balancing of meals and eating patterns. Maybe a person does eat sufficiently throughout the day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I say sufficient and that like varies from person to person that goes into a whole different rabbit hole of evaluation. But but let's say that they are developing appropriate balanced meal patterns and intake, and they're still getting that, those cravings at night. Well, now we've eliminated the variable of insufficient intake. So now we have more clarity on why else this behavior may be happening and we also can take a step back and wonder like do we need to be judging it or stopping it too a lot of food behavior is so weighted with the judgment and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts that many times if we take that out then we start to just naturally eat a little bit more intuitively though that is a bit challenging. And again, kind of, kind of take a handful of skills to work through too. Um, so why is this important to kind of understand and identify trends? Well, really we're looking at the compound effect of intake. So I rolled through just a couple of examples there. We're going to get through a lot more, but if you think about it, you know, just going into that, that example where the individual was under eating for the bulk of the five days. And then on the weekends was consuming maybe a lot more, or maybe trying to stay a bit more rigid. And so now we just have an issue of insufficient intake over time. And then this compounds over and over and over again. And that can really compromise an individual's metabolism, their relationship with food, and just become problematic overall. And this can be related to a lot of different examples and a lot of negative effects when you are practicing something over time that is not favorable to your health. Um, This goes into that compound effect that I was talking about in one of my previous episodes. I think it was one of the first few. So many times we just get so confused. We get so confused and so stuck with what the heck am I doing wrong? I feel like I'm following these rules and I'm not getting the results that I am wanting following this. And then we get frustrated and we kind of maybe throw in the towel, so to speak, and say screw it i can't do healthy i can't i can't follow what i'm supposed to be doing long term this is not sustainable i'm frustrated screw it so obviously that's also not a favorable outcome and mindset so we're just constantly in this cycle of like trial and error trial and error not working not knowing why Um, Going back to other habits and then getting frustrated with ourselves in those habits and then trying to come back to another way of eating and living and getting evaluated, maybe seeing a professional, maybe trying another diet or trend and just in this cycle. So patterns are so helpful to identify because we back the track up. We come to more of the root of the issue. We identify foundational components of health to create clarity around the actual variables that are influencing you. If we talk about, you know, the emotional eating components. Well, the binge restrict cycle has a lot of complexity. And the reason people binge is also complex very unique to each person. So I'm definitely not saying that this is like an easy fix. However, I am saying that many times when we can get folks to start incorporating meals on a regular basis with balance, so we're focusing on blood sugar balance, we're focusing on nutrient balance, so they are getting the fuel and the nutrition that they need regularly. Now we have limited the vulnerability that folks experience when they are going through binge cycles and also can create some more clarity as to how else we need to go about approaching the the behavior because we have, again, limited that variable. Very, very helpful. So looking at a few other examples I talked a little bit about the patterns of eating in the evening. Well, sometimes, you know, with a small breakfast or something like that, well, sometimes I see a really, really big breakfast and then it leads folks to not be very hungry for lunch. Maybe they skip lunch. Maybe they then kind of graze a little bit throughout the day and then in the evening Their dinner may be the same um, or well-balanced and sufficient, but if we have that bird's eye view, we kind of come back and see overall intake, there can be problems with maybe the skipping of the lunch, right? So then that means they've got lunch and dinner under their belts. And depending on the composition of those meals, they may be under eating, they also may not be getting the sufficient nutrients that they need. So perhaps the calories might line up, but the new nutrition is a little bit faulty. Um, perhaps with the snacking that they're doing throughout the day, they are also consuming more than they are realizing or less, right? There's a lot of variation with interpretation of what a person is eating. What I like to look at is the symptom picture. How are you feeling? How are you feeling throughout the day with the snacks that you're consuming? Are you feeling satisfied? Are you feeling energized? Do you have cravings and crashes, anything like that? So we can see the, the large breakfast intake, and then we can see how that affects you throughout the day and then see then how dinner, what your hunger level goes, looks like going into dinner and evaluate again, kind of taking that bird's eye view with what that looks like on a day-to-day basis. And many times, if we just manipulate the breakfast serving into a different composition and or volume, and then we get intentional with lunches, now we can actually ensure a little bit more around that nutrient intake and the balanced meals. Now, I am not saying... A person has to eat three meals a day. I am saying that we look at trends and we look at gauges of health. So these gauges can be subjective, right? So kind of like what I was talking about before: energy, um, cognitive and physical performance. You know, are you feeling satiated? Are you having cravings? Those are a little bit more tangible, but A lot of times it's hard for people to get back in touch with their body and get this connection. So then we can also look at other gauges, you know, maybe lab work and, or potentially, you know, performance in the gym, things like that, that are just a hair more tangible, but we have to see what this looks like overall. And like I mentioned before, limiting the variables is really, really helpful So say a person is trying to do intermittent fasting. Well, if we're trying to evaluate intake and how food is making you feel, if you are going periods of time without eating, we have variables. We have potential blood sugar issues. We have um, potential cravings and cognitive performance that can influence your ability to listen to your body. And that can be problematic when we are trying to look at what is working and what's not. I'm not saying a person can't intermittent fast. I am saying that if we get regular eating patterns going for a period of time, we also get more in tune with our body and figure out how to listen to it, how to gauge what we're eating and how it's affecting us, then we can develop more clarity around what we kind of need to feel really good. I know a lot of people that feel really good on intermittent fasting. I know a lot of people that feel really good not doing intermittent fasting. And I know people that feel really good having a couple meals a day and uh, some snacks. I know people that feel really good with three meals a day. This is about trends. Are you getting enough food? Are you what is your relationship like food, like with food? What are the reasons behind the snacking at the at night? How can we back the track up so that we can create a foundation of success for you? And so otherwise, we end up chasing on being reactive with our hunger? We're impulsive and reactive versus, you know, proactive and intentional. I talk about intentionality a lot when it comes to food. And this, I think a lot of people get kind of overwhelmed by that. Intentionality does not mean you have to spend eight hours on Sunday, prepping your food. You have to have very perfect macronutrient balance at every single meal. It just means we're kind of thinking about it, right? We're We have tools and skills to set us up for success throughout the week. You know, that just goes into grocery staples. That goes into setting yourself up to have pantry shelf stable items when you do not feel like cooking, when you do not have the capacity to meal prep. How are you setting yourself up for success in that regard? And so being able to figure out your own patterns can be extremely helpful. It's also really hard to do on your own, but I, but these examples hopefully kind of help a little bit. I have a, a client, well, I've had many clients in the summer, ultimately, that want help with barbecues. They want help navigating travels. They want help with the birthday parties and the weddings that come up. And while I definitely, definitely, have advice for folks that, that want tips and tricks on ways to be a little bit more prepared going into those uh, events. you know, I also like to highlight the fact that when we are thinking so much about a barbecue on Saturday or Friday or whatever, it's important to recognize that this is one meal out of 21, it's 5%, okay, roughly, of your week. So is that meal going to truly make or break your health, you know? Now, if you have a lot of drinks that night, And, or maybe you're eating food that doesn't settle with you. And then the next day you're feeling sluggish and you're not feeling great. You're unmotivated maybe to go grocery shopping, to stock up for the weekend or the week. You want to go out to eat a couple more times because you don't feel like cooking. And then maybe you go out again on Saturday to another barbecue or to another event. And then it goes into Sunday. So now we have changed the percentage to closer to, you know, a third, right? If you're looking at two, two days, Saturday, Sunday, plus a little bit on Friday. And now if you are even more unmotivated to prep for the week, that trickles into your week. So it's not just the barbecue. It's how it's affecting everything thereafter. Quality of sleep. Quality of sleep makes a huge difference when we're thinking about cravings and how one responds to, um, you know, their ability to work out or feel motivated to, to cook and things too. And at the same time, I really, really encourage folks to go to the barbecues, go to the events and not think about the food so much. However, if we're not really considering after effects, now we do have a trend that may trickle into a lot more than we realize and that's a pattern that's another pattern that we that is so helpful to see right it doesn't mean hey never mind don't go to the barbecue it means ooh how can i set myself up so that this doesn't happen okay maybe it is just giving yourself full permission to do what you want to do at the barbecue and then also figuring out ways to hold yourself accountable to set yourself up for success for the week. How can you really prioritize quality of sleep and going to the grocery store and considerations around staple groceries that will be helpful for you? Even if you don't want to spend time meal prepping or anything, it's really important to recognize that. So pulling the pressure off of yourself to be really like rigid with your intake and allow Events to come up and giving a little bit more grace in this process will be super helpful um, while developing the skills to continue to stay intentional without that rigidity. And that's what ultimately gets more consistency and what I call, you know, time under your belt. The trick to reaping the benefits of dietary changes through healthy, sustainable nutritional habits is getting more time under your belts without rigidity and restriction. Often health goals are achieved by creating consistency over time, right? It's a lot of times we see folks that are very well versed in the gym, very, you know, they have, um, or, or maybe they have really great dietary eating patterns that are pretty well balanced and seem nourishing. Although again, that kind of varies from person to person, but I definitely see this a lot in the gym where there is just foundational strength built over years, years. Folks come into the gym and just like want to be consistent for a couple months and expect to see the type of physique or the type of strength and performance results that people that have been working out for decades are like have and so it's it's unrealistic expectations there so it's so important to like recognize this takes some time this takes skill development it takes awareness and it takes working on navigating obstacles that also come in that may throw you for a loop and giving yourself grace there life happens There are seasons that we may be able to focus more on nutrition. There are seasons where we might need to be focusing more on our sleep or our stress management. Then as you develop more and more skills to navigate obstacles, then once more life things happen, you may be able to kind of navigate them while creating a decent amount of consistency still or not the goal isn't to always just be consistent, always and forever, but to get more time under your belt overall. And so that can be tough. It can be super tough and it can be, you know, very doable. I definitely believe that it is possible for um, people to do this with the appropriate kind of I would say coaching. I think people can there's some people out there that can probably develop this like skill set solo, but I I believe in accountability and having another perspective be super helpful too. So just considerations there. So how does one go about figuring this out? This is kind of in summary, but Number one is developing the awareness and having the mindfulness around your eating patterns, and then connecting the dots and gauging the effects. This can be particularly tough in a very fast paced world. And I think that it is also very doable. We have the other gauges like lab work that can come to fruition too, other people have much more distinct symptom pictures, right? That digestive problems, maybe certain brain fog and fatigue. And those things can definitely play a role as well. And then there's the development of skills to create consistency. This is the development of knowledge, skills, and abilities to incorporate healthful food that is palatable, that also works for your lifestyle, your time, family, budget. This is like a biggie. (laughs) This is how you implement. This is the application. And this is where a lot of people have their limiting factor. Then under the development of skills, you're also navigating obstacles. So how do you set yourself up for success? And then you prioritize patterns that set you up for success more often than not. So Maybe it is sufficient balanced intake over time, and it's creating intentionality. How do you create and sustain intentionality around your food intake? So those are the main considerations. You can absolutely reach out to me on the socials. At Therese Martinez RD on Instagram. I also have my Facebook group, Fed Fit and Fad Free Nutrition with Therese. If there are any additional questions around this, I love this topic. I love, love, love dissecting patterns of intake for folks. And I think the, oh, just even creating clarity for your own self, it's like it is relieving. It's relieving to know you're not going crazy. It's not just you. It's not willpower. It's not white-knuckling your way through situations. It's backing the track up. What's going on? What's leading you to X, Y, or Z? And that's also multifaceted, right? There's psychological components. There is deep wiring that we also need to uncover many times. But if we can limit the variables we can limit the variables we create clarity and creating clarity is a big wave of fresh air that then helps us with the next direction we need to go all righty so good to be back i again cannot wait for all the awesome guests i've got coming on in the next couple months so stay tuned And as always, reach out if you have any questions and I will catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this information valuable, please share this episode and give it a review. They truly help a ton. If you want additional support and information, you can head over to my website, teresemartinezrd.com, where you can snag my free guide on how to improve your hunger signals, get on my email list for regular juicy content, or apply for the next round of my signature program, Restoring Nutrition Intuition. Otherwise, Instagram at Therese Martinez RD or my Facebook group Fed Fit and Fad Free Nutrition with Therese are always places for more content and support. Until next time.